Welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. This podcast in our firm is all about helping you and your organization achieve habitual excellence via one unifying focus, one value-based structure, and one performance system. In other words, it's about helping you capture dramatically more value through achieving perfect care and perfect safety for patients and staff. To learn more about Value Capture and our services, visit www.valuecapturellc.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ken Siegel. I'm the CEO of Value Capture, and which means I get to support an incredible team that gets to support great healthcare leaders like Dr. David Zoss, who's with us today for the second time on Habitual Excellence. Um, you know, uh, the subject today is strategy deployment that really works for people, that really works uh, to differentiate differentiate organizations um, and builds on the capabilities that they have and might offer something of a contrast to what we see happening in a lot of healthcare right now. And I, I really can't think of anyone better than Dave to be with us to talk about uh, the topic. Uh, David is a pulmonary and critical care academic physician uh, who has been in top leadership roles at major health systems for at least 20 years at this point, despite being a remarkably young man. Um, and he will tell you a little bit more about himself. Um, among his leadership roles, uh, he currently uh, is two months into being the president at Wake Forest Baptist, uh, uh, a major part of the larger advocate health system, which is a very dynamic place. And I expect we'll hear more about that from Dave. Uh, and before that, he uh, uh, led the Charleston division at MUSC in South Carolina and was uh, top clinical officer for the whole institution uh, with academic responsibilities as well. And uh, before that, he uh, led Duke Raleigh Hospital and uh, with significant uh, role in the medical school as well at the Duke Health System, which is where we got to know each other. Um, and Dave is a special leader. And um, as we turn to Dave, and I'm gonna ask you to say a few words about yourself, you know, it's a challenging time in American healthcare for a lot of leaders and for a lot of people working on the front lines in, 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 in our health systems. You know, we've got major cost pressures and in response, there is an awful lot of cutting and consolidation going on. And a lot of the strategy doesn't seem terribly differentiating. And, and you know, there's a lot of fear, a worry about job losses and things like that, and a worry about preserving culture. And one of the things that we have always loved and admired about you is the sort of optimism that you lead with and your willingness to sort of lead from the front and in a very authentic way that digs in deep with your people, your community, um, and your patients. And so let me just turn to you and ask you to share a little bit more about yourself, anything you'd like to share, but also highlight, you know, before we get into strategy, a little bit about your leadership philosophy. What is it, you know, how do you, you know, every leader has a framework you know, what do you bring into an organization and, you know, and, and maybe a little bit about where it comes from. Yeah. So let me turn it to you, Dave. Tell us no, a little bit more about yourself and how you lead. 
Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate the invite and uh, also appreciate uh, the learnings from you and the Value Capture team and your friendship now for probably almost a decade wow. uh, of getting to work together. Um, I truly think I'm privileged to have the best job uh, in the country, uh, if not the world. And, and I truly wake up to your point with that sense of optimism. Uh, it does yeah. go back to uh, right my foundation as a, a physician scientist mm -hmm. um, and valuing the unique place that we are in academic medicine uh, to right, really make that huge impact uh, and, and shorten 25 years of a career of you know three or four different careers from a physician scientist that I think taught me how to think and write and mm -hmm. problem solve uh in basic science labs to a physician yeah. leader in clinical departments uh and really the ability to witness uh and be part of that passion uh of clinical discovery and education of learners uh from the experience uh in leading health systems from private to public uh of different sizes um and I tell people in many ways, right, it's been a journey of a career that I could have never predicted. Mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, uh, sometimes thought I wasn't qualified for. Yeah. Um, but the ability to lead, right, an amazing team uh, of caregivers that are passionate, that are talented, that are committed to the unique privilege in healthcare, right? To make an impact on the lives of others. So despite the challenges in the world around us, which are yeah. too many to count, yeah, um, right? We, I think if we step back and say, those of us in healthcare today are so fortunate, even over the last few years throughout the, the pandemic, right? The chance to lead during that time uh, and challenges of our country is something that we could have never imagined, but will probably be something that we will look back on, right? And say was some of our greatest moments um, oh. and had the impact. So uh, I couldn't be happy to be here at uh, Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist and a part of this amazing Advocate Health uh, team um, and really appreciate the time. So, I, I just love your response. And um, I think the audience is already, again, picking up that powerful optimism. And there's a lot. I, so I want to just follow up. So, um, you know, really relevant to the question of strategy and strategy deployment and habitual excellence overall. Um, you know, first of all, you're reframing to uh, sort of privilege and abundance, if you will, of the opportunity and what it means to, to be able to serve and lead in, in, in that sort of near holy, uh, depending on your perspective, world of healthcare. Um, so that opens up all kinds of possibilities. And then, um, you know, you talked about your early work and your training as an academic physician and sort of, I heard a couple things in there. First of all, Again, that aspiration, the the potential, these breakthroughs in health for people, and then this method of continuous learning and problem solving, and then bringing that into leadership in a systematic way. And you know, I, there's there aren't a lot of people who put that together early in their careers and then bring it forward into leadership. So am I picking up those themes correctly, those two things coming together? No, I, no, I think it is really 
right? We're all shaped by some of those experiences. We're mm -hmm. shaped by great mentors um, yeah. and, and opportunities to grow. And um, I, I'm not joking when I say I think I have the best job in the world, right? Yeah. To how Atrium Wake Forest Baptist as an academic health system, right, is the academic core yeah. or a learning health science system, right, that crosses the country yeah. uh, and impacts lives, right? Hopefully, right, the, is the ideal opportunity to say, how do you take that experience from doing cell culture experiments at the bench uh, yeah. and learning how to test hypothesis uh, and learning how to lead change, but now do that at a scale? Yeah. Right, that none of us could have ever imagined, especially for an academic health system. Um, yeah. So that's what uh, every step of my career has, has been exciting and a new challenge in, in many, many ways. But it really does uh, all come down to, right, how do we as leaders empower our people? Uh, yeah. Right. How do we, right, through relationships, through team building, really unleash yeah. the power that exists within our organization. And you started in the intro, right? There's a lot of headwinds that we're facing, um, yeah. which even makes, I think, that leadership and strategy so much more important yeah. uh, to keep us connected to mission and why. Yeah, so let's, so let's go there. So, um, you know, let's turn to strategy. And as I mentioned, you know, there are sort of two things we think we see, and I, I sort of want your comments, uh, maybe one and then the other. You know, one is we see a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of focus on, you know, we need a bold strategy. But most of them, as I said, are more traditional, what we see, consolidation and, um, you know, even, even a lot of cost cutting and not particularly inspiring not sort of differentiating from other competitors necessarily and not necessarily um in, inspiring to the people in the organization toward making the kind of breakthroughs you talked about for patients uh you know for the communities we serve and for themselves as you know you know people who want to have that same attachment to purpose and sort of doing world leading work, you know, that you've already captured so well. So are we right to see some limits in a lot of that environment and maybe turning to yourself as you as a leader are coming in new to an organization on, on creating a powerful strategy? How are you approaching it? So I break it into three components, Ken, and I do it in order because I think they are yeah. um, sort of foundational that you build yeah. on. Okay. Um, I think the first part of strategy um, is really our people strategy. And we don't talk about it enough as a, a strategy, but it's really, really important, uh, right? Even and more so after the, the pandemic, that yeah. we create an environment, right? That people feel valued. Yeah. That represents uh, our focus around diversity and inclusion, that people feel respected, not just by their leaders, but by their peers. That they have the resources to do their job, uh, which sounds simple, but right, we fail at that sometimes. Um, and that people have the ability to constantly improve, right, and innovate in their job. And so, I, our, our primary focus of our strategy, um, and it may sound really simple, but I think it will be our secret sauce, uh, which is we need to have that best place to care, that ability where everyone has the ability to thrive. 
Mm -hmm. um, and right, and be bold, not just we want people, they really need to have the ability to, to thrive. And how do you do that? And I think that's the role of leadership, right? We need to create that culture. Um, and I would challenge all of our leaders that are out there that are listening, right? That has to be the foundation. If we don't do that, yeah, everything else will fail. Yeah. The second sort of tier of strategy is I think we need to build our management systems, right? We need to build our processes. Um, and healthcare at a lot of organizations, right? We have a long way to go to really mature, especially as we mm -hmm. grow as larger hospitals, larger systems, to really build the processes that are so critical to be nimble, yeah. that are critical to lead change, that are critical to communicate, right? Up and down. Uh, wow chain and throughout the organization so we focus a lot again after our people to say all right let's build uh right the those systems and processes that are so critical to sustaining success and building teams and only after i think you do those two right do you really focus on the strategy that i think people tend to jump right to right which is those bold goals yeah. Uh, right? and, and we got to have a true north and we need to have those really bold goals and that impact we want to have in our community. Um, and, and we've focused a lot right on the past around, you know, we're eliminating harm, right? We're that zero mm -hmm. harm commitment that we've mm -hmm. all made and mm -hmm. that focus on perfect patient care. And I'm talking a lot these days that, you know, we need to focus on excellence, yeah. Uh, right. We uh, that's our, our brand. That's what our community expects. That's what our team members expect. And in my mind, that excellence encompasses all of that. Right. It, it is eliminating all harm to our care team members. It, it's, yeah. it's striving for, you know, top decile performance and zero harm for our patients. It's that academic discovery uh, and yeah. that innovation and, and research. Um but I talk a lot to our teams where we, we can't forget about those first two steps. Yeah. Because um, if we don't have the, the foundation, the culture, the people, if we don't have the systems in place, um, we'll never be able to sustain anything we achieve as we sort of set bold goals. And that's why I say that I have the best job, right? And then what do I need to do? I need to ensure that we recruit and retain the best leaders, that they feel yeah. empowered to right, help define, well, how do you execute? Uh, yeah. What does that look like? Um, and that's where I think we're in a really special place um, amongst all of our teams. Wow. Uh, again, Dave, so, so, much, uh, so much to follow up on. And again, I think the audience is hearing you put the pieces together foundationally and use that word. Um, and, you know, a couple things that struck me as you said it, and then I'm going to follow up. You know, one is you started with people and supporting them fundamentally through systems building, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and, you know, you said we don't do it every very well. And there's an argument that we'd all be in a lot better place or many organizations if we'd done a better job at that systematically before, right? Because we wouldn't have had some of the depth of gaps in staffing to be able to meet patient need, et cetera, and, and, and we'd be in a better place. And I think you demonstrated a lot of that leadership um, through the pandemic and some of the beneficial effects. So I think, you know, we can all sort of hear that. The other thing is you started 
you know, to, uh, you know, we're right. We're supposed to be talking about fancy strategy. And here you are talking about developing the systems to support people in the organization to be truly agile. And so you've raised the word agile and, and supporting people to be agile. And what role does agility play for you in thinking about, you know, deriving the, the right strategy on these foundations and then being able to implement it effectively? Talk a little bit about the intersection of those ideas uh, that you've sort of started. Yeah, you know, when we look back at the, the pandemic, right, many of us will say we demonstrated an agility to pivot, to learn, to change, mm -hmm. because we were forced to. Mm -hmm. We're very intentional now to say, we need to retain that. We need yeah. to keep that focus, but it probably needs to, to change a little bit. Yeah. In the pandemic, we did that in a very top-down way. We had to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we need to develop in the future, right, is that agility and nimbleness but move decision rights back where they belong in the yeah. organization. Go back to our philosophies you and I have talked about when I first met you, which is right how we're developing our leaders as coaches, mm -hmm. how we're developing our team members as the problem solvers, how we're helping to harness those innovations right daily um, by creating a culture where people are sharing ideas and understanding how to test those hypotheses, not just at the C-suite, right? But across the organization. And that's where our systems and processes get so important um, yeah. because as we create that culture, as we accelerate the learning and we become nimble, right? Then we need to have our all of our systems to share and spread. Um, and that's why we focus a lot. And we have still a long way to go, as I think most organizations do, to really ramping up those systems. But if we go back to the philosophy and, and against the stereotype, right, especially academic yeah. medicine, we have the stereotype that we're not nimble. Yeah, uh, I'll challenge that. We can be more nimble than any uh, health system. And we really should start benchmarking ourselves to other industries uh, of what it yeah. means to be nimble and to learn. Um, and that's where I think leadership plays a role. How do we at different levels of leadership? And my yeah. hope is right, if I message that that willingness uh, to experiment, uh, yeah. that acceptance of learning and really expect my leaders and others to help cascade it and create the culture, I think it will reinforce that culture of, right, well, this is an environment where I can thrive. Yeah. This environment where I feel valued, where I'm heard. Um, yeah. So uh, we're in that journey, um, but I think we're, uh, even in only a few months, just have an amazing team that is embracing a lot yeah. of the, a lot of these concepts, especially the focus on caring for each other. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to ask you uh, in, a, in a second for maybe an example or two of how you try to model that as the leader um, in your current role or in a previous one. Uh, but before I get there, a different question. Um, you, you talked about nimbleness and rapid learning. It seems to me that's especially important to successful strategy formulation and deployment in a rapidly changing world. Does that resonate with you as a, as a CEO? No, I, I think it's really um, 
essential, right? We live in a really complex world outside of healthcare right now, right? We mentioned it in the beginning and um, we could all get caught up in the external uh, environment we live. But I really do believe that, right, how we navigate the complexity is that clarity of vision, uh, is that commitment to purpose uh, and impact um, and really ensuring that our teams understand that and, and feel yeah. that. Um, and the risk we have is, right, that if we're not clear about that vision and impact in the community and our values, right, as things are being challenged, right, right as there's threats to diversity, right. um, we need to continue to, to, to focus on the values uh, of our organization personally and individually and that I think is going to be really critical to our teams. If our teams don't feel that we have that purpose. Yeah. And how do you stay engaged? Uh, how do you stay committed? We yeah. can look at the financial challenges, um, right? We don't, I try not to talk to our teams broadly a lot about the finances. That's a lagging measure, right? Yeah. We have to focus on the process measures and the leading measures. If we deliver the highest quality, the best safety, the best experience, the most amazing academic tertiary programs, um, right? We will deliver the financial results. So how do we shift the focus so our teams understand as leaders, right? We care about those process measures. We care about those leading measures. We care about the focus on our patients and families and each other. Yeah. Um, and, and that will help enable us to be the financial stewards and to navigate pretty turbulent times in healthcare. I think organizations, that are too focused only on lagging measures, um, right? Are risk losing that commitment of their teams that's gonna be critical to their long-term success. Uh, Dave, could not could not amen that uh, more strongly. And I, you brought this other deep theme in or added to it of constancy of purpose and anchoring strategy and strategy execution and that same constancy of purpose based on fundamental values. And it really all centers as I hear you talk on that I'm feeling in the heart of everybody in the organization about what they're part of and whether it's being lived every day in these different dimensions of leadership. And I, it's a very complex world, but I also hear you making it simpler for everyone to know what to do because it's sort of locked in on this foundation that everything else derives from. Is that a fair hearing of your sort of thinking about it? It is, and right, it's all relationships, right? Yeah. I, especially right two months into a new organization, right? How yeah. do I, in a large complex organization, uh, right. right, really focus on, that critical success factor is that ability to develop relationships yeah. up through right our university, through the advocate team, but down through all of our frontline care team members. Um, yeah. and, and I think we demonstrate that right then with our behaviors, with our actions, yeah. with our language across all of our care team members. I've had the privilege for the last two months um, to spend countless hours yeah. Going to all of our different clinic sites, visiting our different hospitals, kicking off yeah. orientation, joining our, our safety rounds, um, right? Protecting as much time as possible to be out with our teams and the learnings that I have every single time I go visit just astound me. 
I come Give us back an example. Writing down notes. Give us an example of a learning that you had. You're the top dog, and you're you're going out to the to the front line continuously. Share a learning. So you know there is uh, so many on the operational side, but I'm going to focus more on the a little bit on the people. Let's keep the the people mm -hmm. theme, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. from from there. Um, I had the privilege of my first day of going through orientation. And then a week later, I had a privilege of coming back to lead orientation uh, one week in. Um, and as I looked and started to talk to the people in the audience, right, the passion and commitment and pride mm -hmm. that we have in our community. Mm -hmm. It is so impactful. And I think we take it for granted sometimes, right? We work for great organizations. And these were new hires, right? That were coming in on day one. Yeah. I was one weekend. Um, but to see their passion and enthusiasm to be part of this organization really changed me as a leader to say, all mm -hmm. right, it's my obligation now as a leader, right? To ensure that they have a place because they are so focused on why they're here and our values. And they're coming in with such optimism, uh, right? So yeah. you couldn't want anything better. And it's our job as leaders to say, all right, don't screw it up. Wow. Right? Really help cultivate yeah. and grow that. And I had a chance to meet a few that were coming back to the organization that had been here before, um, yeah. right? When it was a, a much smaller organization, uh, and heard their their stories, um, and, and all of that right uh, reminded me around the that that pride and that brand and that image is also based on history. Mm -hmm. um, so I've really gone back and tried to learn a lot right around the history of yeah. the organization and the history in the community because I think those are going to help drive that connection. And again, if I think we have an outstanding culture that's been built and I have the, again, the good fortune to in inherit and say, all right, how do I build on it? Um, yeah. And part of that visibility, right, is amazing learnings. Um, and part of it is, right, that ability to develop relationships. As I head out to one of our hospitals this afternoon yeah. to do one of our town halls and talk about, right, the importance uh, of being part of this larger family um, by far my favorite part of what I get to do uh, yeah. is to meet our teams. I I love that example. And again, you're getting it anchored back in the whole sort of value creating part of the enterprise around this fundamental value of respect for every individual. And you're modeling it and you're modeling it for other leaders to be in continuous learning in service of um, those you serve in the organization who serve the, the community and your deep respect for culture and everything. That's incredible. Um, and I, I know having had the chance to support you, you know, you, you alluded to examples and learnings from operations. And so you always model going to the front lines um, and learning there and making sure that the systems for learning up and down the organization are in place. So um, we all thank you for your example. Um, I do want to stay, though, on leading from the front. And um, I have my own stories uh, from our chances to work with you. But you told me one just as we were connecting and comparing notes recently um, from your time at Musk that um, really moved me. And it was a decision on a major strategic matter where you said, I need to personally lead this and invest 
a significant amount of my time. And it was the integration of a very important um, community asset, um, the Regional Medical Center at Orangeburg. And I just wondered if you'd share a little bit about that story and your decision as a leader to move fully to the front on that one. No, I would be, um, I'll give a short version of the of the story, but before I start, I'll focus on, right, it goes back to the mission of why we're in healthcare uh, yeah. and why, uh, right, I'm so passionate about academic medicine, right? It is to make that impact on the communities that we serve. Yeah as well as, right, the broader world. Um, and, and certain things, right, that so clearly align with that mission and vision, right, I think we need to focus on how we make it happen. And too often, sometimes we get stuck in reasons why not to do things or reasons right. to be risk averse. Um, but there's certain times in our lives, right, where we have an ability to impact communities that are things right that we need to to do uh, in my heart just believe that we need to do so we had the um i'll say it's a privilege to really step in to orangeburg south carolina and an amazingly proud community that's gone through really challenging times over the last several decades and a hospital and health system with dedicated care team members but was failing where more than half of that residents of those counties left that county for care due to lack of trust and faith in the system. Uh, and it was sitting at a, a precipice uh, where they were, you know, unable to make uh, payroll uh, mm. and bills due to their financial challenges. Uh, and credit to our board and leadership uh, at the Medical University of South Carolina that Right, that community needed uh, not only healthcare, but I would argue it needed the highest quality healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, focused on innovation and research to care for that community, to restore faith, including even driving the economic development and really ensuring that our principles around the best care is local. Um, and to make progress towards that goal, we all want to eliminate health disparities, uh, right? We should have that bold goal and how we could make our, our progress towards it. Uh, a credit to my amazing team, uh, broadly. Uh, we did the fastest uh, integration and acquisition in under 90 days. Um, we invested countless hours of resources, time, into an amazing community and the gratitude that we felt um, and the resources we can bring. We're now coming up on, oh, it'll be a year in March uh, that that will be part of the MUSC family um, and a long way to go, but we've improved quality of care immensely. Yeah. We've stabilized that hospital as the foundation of a really proud community um, that I think will facilitate growth for generations. We valued the people that had put in years of service and not been supported, right? Not been put in an environment where they were given that opportunity to thrive uh, that we've tried to do. Uh, recruited a unbelievably talented leadership team who shares that commitment to the community and values. 
Um, and we will find a way over the next two to three years to make it a financially sustainable model. Yeah. Um, we could have found every reason not to take that risk. Yeah. Um, but a credit to our board and organization, right? That that is what we're meant to do. Yeah. Um, and I've, again, as I said in the beginning, I've, I've loved every part of my career, um, but that'll be one of those sort of things that I don't think I'll ever forget of our goal in life is to make an impact and help others uh, yeah. where we could see it, we could measure it um, in a small way, but a large way for, for that community that I'm really proud of. As you share that, as you said, the short version, you know, I think we all hear, first of all, despite your humility, the impact that you and your colleagues have made uh, in a way that ties together a lot of your values. But I think I also hear how you, how much you got from the privilege of being able to lead and take that risk and extend yourself and um, make a difference in that way. Um, which is characteristic of you. Oh, and it was, uh, it's another, right, as we think around our leadership principles and examples, yeah. right? I uh, really pulled out of the large academic medical center uh, a significant portion of my time um, yeah. and powered my team so I could focus yeah. uh, in that community at this important time of transition and change. Um, and it benefited every part of our organization. And um, I, I frequently, as we speak around our leadership development planning and what we do, right, our job as leaders is to really be building that succession planning, that talent development, that yeah. processes and others to make ourselves irrelevant, uh, to yeah. make our, our teams and our processes and systems, right, that go well beyond right our our tenure uh, and time, and that was one of those moments that while I was really proud and happy for what we've started in that journey in that community and how we really lived our values, we talk a lot about changing what's possible uh, at MUSC over the last few years, and I, I highlight that during the pandemic we did that in Orangeburg, yeah. we did that. Um, but right during that time, uh, it was a credit to, to my team, uh, right, that we all understood um, and they continued to excel uh, as I had to shift my focus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another important theme that links directly, right? Again, people development, leadership development, leaders, coach, trusting your people, taking on something that was mission critical and you knew that would um sort of show the values were true, right? At a fundamental level, breakthrough, right? And, you know, this other thing you, you've highlighted, taking financial risk because you could. And um, and also, I hope people heard earlier where you talked about finance as a lagging goal from the sort of focus on executing around the right things, the, the sort of things that people at their deepest, most optimistic heart of what they want to be a part of bring to work every day and leaders creating the systems around it. So it's all there, folks. I hope everyone's hearing it as I am. Uh, Dave, we, we want to let you get back to leading a, a major academic medical center. So let me give you a chance to close out by sharing, you know, two months in to this uh, latest leadership role at a very exciting place. 
what other wisdom or worries and wisdom and thinking do you have um, that you know you, you'd like to share with your peers who listen to this podcast um, so that we all can look forward to more fully getting on the train of you know achieving healthcare with all that we know is possible, but you know we're not yet fully fulfilling for too many of us. Um, and so we want to close that gap. What 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 worries? What wisdom? What thoughts to close us out today? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight a few. One, uh, one that we haven't touched on so much, right? How do we achieve this as leaders? Let's ensure that we focus on the importance of optimism, mm. on the importance of right yeah. leading with that glass that's three quarters full. Yeah. Um, and, and really managing up. And I think that that is so important in stressful times. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that we're not going to be facing challenges in the future, but I think that's even more important that leadership teams really need to focus on, right, uh, the amazing privilege it is to do what we do, that focus on impact in our communities, and that sense of optimism, because I think it's contagious, yeah. uh, right? I, I love the book, The Happiness Advantage. Uh, and focus uh, right on that optimism and that positive uh, presence of leaders and how impacts you have on others. And for me, uh, right, it gives me energy. And I always tell people that I want to yeah. have more things in my day that give me energy than, than drain energy. And that's yeah. one that really, really does. Um, the other is, uh, right, that, that focus on our teams and our, and our people and yeah. challenge us to say, do we create the environment yeah. that individuals and teams really have the ability to thrive? Um, yeah. And what can we do every day to help create that ecosystem? Because I fundamentally believe here and across our health systems, right? We have amazing people and it's our job to really uh, right, help ensure they have that ability uh, to flourish and create the environment around it. And then um, the third is, right, we're at an amazing time of change where, right, delivery systems are changing. Science mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. changing. We're facing AI and precision medicine. And um, for all of us that are fundamentally scientists, right, it's mm -hmm. time for experimentation and innovation to really say, we know we can deliver care so much higher quality, more efficiently um, than we do historically. And yeah. while we while we focus on the day-to-day -day and all of the others, um, I really encourage all of us, how do we innovate and transform our delivery systems? And that's why I'm really excited to be uh, at Atrium Wake Forest and part of Advocate Health to say, right, our goal is to be an academic core of a learning health system around the country and how yeah. we drive innovation research at scale and at a pace that yeah. hopefully nobody can equal, um, not just to benefit us, but to benefit everyone uh, around the country and around the world through research and innovation and care delivery transformation. Yeah, wow, what a way to end it, Dave. And I, I love, uh, again, the themes came through, but the one you really put it, put a finger on and brought to the front this time is that uh, optimism and uh, 
you know, to tap tap into that aspiration that we all have and the way that, um, and we all know there's more and more science on this, our brains work so much better when they're working from optimism and you alluded to how it feels, what drains energy and what gives energy. And so here, you know, some people talk about strategy in a very dry way. And here you have it anchored in the people and anchored in, you know, these fundamental emotions that actually make everything possible and make sort of being the best in the world at what we do every day possible, which is how our uh, one of our co-founders and mentors, Paul O'Neill Sr., always used to talk about it. So, um, again, you've uh, you've you've sort of reminded us what it's all about and taken us to a deeper level. And I know for me, given me uh, hope, as you always do, or more hope, uh, because we can and should all be optimistic, um, that we have leaders uh, who are heading us toward what's possible. And we're really appreciative uh, that you've again been a, a guest for us here on Habitual Excellence. And I want to say um, to uh, folks who might be tuning in, obviously, you can uh, track Dave and his work at Wake Forest Baptist. And for those of you interested in thinking more about strategy in these dynamic terms, you can take a look at our website at valuecapturellc.com. And in fact, you'll find we have, uh, in addition to resources and some writing, uh, we have a webinar coming up on November 16th at noon with the great Jeff Hunter, who wrote Patient-Centered Strategy that brings a lot of these ideas to life, called Breaking Through and Pressure Times, Delaying, Deploying Strategy with Focus, Agility, and Sensitivity. Well, there's no better example of that than you, Dave. Thank you for being with us. Any closing comments? No, thank you, Ken. Um, thank you to all your audience uh, that's listening to the podcast and uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, continue to work with you and learn from you in the future. Thanks, Dave. We can't wait to see what you're going to do here as you get rolling at Wake Forest Baptist with your colleagues. Thanks for listening to Habitual Excellence presented by Value Capture. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and please also rate and review it in your favorite podcast directory or app. To learn more about Value Capture and how we can help your organization on this journey to habitual excellence, visit our website at www.valuecapturellc.com.